Jones carving his way up the middle. Ronald Jones gets a block at the 30, and he'll take it to the house. Touchdown, Trojans. Hello and welcome to the USC Overtime Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Helfan from the Los Angeles Times. USC had its probably its best win of the season, 48-17 over Arizona State. It is very late. No calls tonight because it's too late, but we're going to take you inside the game, break, break it down a little bit, give you some of the keys. I am here with the indefatigable... Is that how you pronounce that word? I don't even know how to pronounce that word. Anyway, I'm here with Shotgun Spratling, web producer for the LA Times, USC reporter for uscfootball.com. So, Shotgun, before we start, I've always wanted to ask you this. How many hours in a, a, a night of sleep do you get? Uh, it just depends. During seasons, like because I cover college baseball as well, during college baseball or college football season, usually average five and a half to six but that's because i try to catch up when i can get you know a good eight nine hours usually it's you know there's a lot of three to five hour nights in there mixed in shotgun comes to practice sometimes or most of the time with a big energy drink always looks like he just rolled out of bed because he works really hard uh he covers his team really well and also uh what i want to give you a sense of tonight is shotgun's down on the field taking pictures during the game so he gets a completely different perspective than almost everyone um, so, in your mind, when you watch this game, the thing that stood out to me before we got to Sam, but the running game has been looked as, as good as it has all season, maybe since Stanford. Uh, what was the difference tonight? You know, I thought the, just breaking some tackles was a big key. I mean, that was what plagued USC last week against Notre Dame. You know, some of those runs turn from you know your, your three or four yard run turns to a nine yard run, and it just starts wearing on the defense more and more. And I thought USC did that with some of the runs. You know, just breaking some tackles. I mean, even you know not just the running backs, but even like Tyler Petit over the middle breaks a couple tackles. That's not something he's uh, used to do or normally does. But then the running game once you once you start getting going downhill. Uh, you know, the offense line starts feeling it. You know, they're like, okay, we make this one block, give, you know, Rojo a corner. All of a sudden, he can. you see what he can do. Two uh, outstanding runs from over 60 yards. Uh, one of them right after USC just had a, a touchdown call back from Michael Pittman. You got to feel bad for that guy. Getting the starting line, he's like, yes, I got – Oh, what's that yellow doing back there? Uh, but, you know, USC immediately gets it back with, with Ronald Jones running the ball. You know, that's been the big key. You know, Clay said it this week, stop the run, run the football. There was, you know, it's, it's old school football, you know, the old school mentality. Hey, if we can stop the run, hey, if we can run the football. And that's the big key for USC, I think. And, and it starts with the offense line up front. They got some, some blocks and, and let those guys get loose. Um, and once you break a couple tackles, Ronald Jones can, can take it to the house pretty quickly. Yeah, he had a pretty decent night. He had, uh, let's see, 216 yards. Didn't, didn't have a single negative rushing yard. Uh, a negative rush, by the way. Two touchdowns. 
which is big, which tells you that he's getting to the line of scrimmage before getting contact a lot of times, which is something that's been this played USC the last couple seasons is, hey, they can break off those big runs, but then you probably have a couple of three-yard losses or something where the running back's getting the ball and all of a sudden there's somebody on him. He doesn't have time to make a guy miss in the backfield because of some of the you know the misses up front. And that, that was the big thing. You know, Neil Calloway didn't want to talk to me and you this week, um, but Clay said it was the physical beats uh, that, that beat that, – you know, was was the issue against Notre Dame, and apparently they cleaned some of that up. We'll see. You know, they always say, "Hey, we got to watch the tape." I kind of say the same thing because I, you know, I see the game from a different perspective on the field. Then I go back and watch the game a couple times to, you know, from the broadcast view to see it a little bit differently. Um, but from on the field, it looked like you know they're creating some holes. You know, wasn't always you know ga- gaping holes, but you know they created some creases, which is something there weren't a lot of last week. So there was probably. Maybe four or five runs against Notre Dame, where it's like, oh, he had a little. You could get to the line of scrimmage, you get through to the second level. This week, uh, I, I remember Toa said that, uh, or maybe it was Chris Brown said, one of the things they're really emphasizing this week was double teams getting to the second level. So those combo blocks up front, where you you, know, you have two guys kind of push a defensive tackle or defensive end out of the way, and then that second guy releases to go get a linebacker, so that once you know your running back gets to the line of scrimmage. Maybe he's getting to the guy, the safeties, and maybe he makes one safety miss, and you know he can go over the distance. Versus, hey, he's getting tackled four yards, and hey, that's a good game for us against Notre Dame. So, was this running to set up the pass, or was it more of the opposite? You know, USC passed the ball really well on the outsides against Notre Dame, and it looked like they, you know, started with that early in this game, and. Arizona State was kind of crowding the box, and you saw what happened. You you make a guy miss on the outside, like Tyler Vaughn's did, and he takes it to the house. I think that was a, you know, uh, looking at the stat sheet here, it was a 42-yard touchdown from him. You know, that opens up things like, okay, well, maybe we gotta we got to push that safety out a little bit farther outside just to make sure if they make one guy miss, he doesn't have a free lane. Uh, so you saw that a little bit. And once you push those safeties back uh, a bit, then the running lanes start creating, you know, there's there's – a little bit of space between the linebackers and safety. So if you can get by a linebacker, then instead of you know two guys combining to make a tackle and having the safety there, you know if somebody misses a tackle immediately to to take on and create a tackle, then you have two separate levels where if you can get by one, then it's just a one on one. And tonight goes to confirm uh, a, a theory I've had. Not really a theory. I think it's it's been proven at this point, but. Uh, USC goes as far as its turnover battle goes. Uh, they didn't win it tonight. Or no, they did because they had the interception late. Uh, so they at least tied. Uh, right? Was it? No, was it? No. Uh, they didn't have a turnover. Did no, they? USC did. They. they uh, Donald fumbled. He fumbled on a fourth down. So oh, it's kind of no harm, no that. foul. Yeah. Okay. It was. It was a borderline fumble. It, it. It did replay. His knee wasn't down. So it was. It was the right call. Uh, but it was fourth down anyway. So Arizona State was getting the ball. I think it cost USC like four yards. Um, so they really weren't stung by turnovers tonight, and they have a good offense when they could actually hold on to the ball. Now, I mean, they played a lot better, even you know, discounting the turnovers tonight um, than they have. But if Sam Darnold could hang on to the ball, he could do some damage with it. I mean, he's still really good. He made some really good passes tonight, I thought, uh, especially his first touchdown pass to Deontay Burnett. I don't know what you saw on the field, but uh, from in the booth, he couldn't have placed it any, any more perfectly. Um, so a great night for Sam Darnold. Uh, also a pretty great night for the defense, minus one really weird play, 
which <laughs> the Hail Mary, uh, which we'll talk about in a few minutes. Um, but what was the difference with the defense tonight, Shotgun? The defense, uh, you know, the fact that they were able to tackle, that definitely helps. That helps, yeah. And when you have a pass rush, that really helps. And you know what helps a pass rush? Getting two starters back. So Porter Gustin back in it um, for the first time since the Texas game. You know, been out for more than a month, a uh, month and a half, I believe. He played more than I thought he would. I, I you know, I, he was in early. It looked like he was just in for pass rush situations. Downs, yeah. And then maybe that was kind of the, the idea. But then as USC spreads a lead, everything becomes a pass rush situation. So maybe that was part of it. But, like, yeah, I, I didn't expect him to play as much. And especially in the second half, I thought maybe they would, you know, back off his play count. But, you know, he looked good out there. You know, he said he had a little rust, I think. I, I saw uh, one of the quotes. I didn't get to talk to him in particular. I talked to Josh Fatu. You know, he was happy to be back out after the concussion from the car accident. That was big in the middle, having him and they could rotate guys more you know last week it was they had four guys in the middle that was that was it that's all they had you know they had no one else to put in there after you know uh liam jimmons and uh, malik dorton as the backups there was no one else this week they had some more guys you can rotate johnny nansen talked about the fact that they could rotate a little bit more they could put some guys give some guys some uh some fresh legs something they talked about a lot haven't really done we saw a little bit more of it this week so really impressed with the pass rush and I know he gave up one deep ball early, but you know the job that that, that Jack Jones did on the kill Harry because he basically they shadowed him when they, uh, and that's a, a big mismatch as far as height goes. You know there was the one play early where Nikhil Harry got behind him. Jack almost caught up to that because it was a little bit of underthrow. But I, I thought Jack Jones really did a good job. I think Nikhil Harry finished with three catches overall. You know, one of them was really long, obviously seventy yards on that that first long one. I think that was. I don't know if that was a blown cover two or what, because Jack Jones kind of settled into that like he was settling into to uh, to a shallow zone. Like that's what the cornerback does in a in a cover two. Remember the cornerbacks are covering shallow in the flat kind of area, and then the safeties are supposed to be over the top. And it looked like he either had the wrong coverage or it was a blown coverage over the top because he settled into that early zone and then was like, oh, crap, Nikhil Harry is, is, is wide open over the top and then kind of realized and almost recovered and then just couldn't make the play. Um, so that was kind of a weird play. but Yeah, I, you know, I was in the end zone looking at the pass rush coming at Manny Wilkins and I kind of churned and I was actually blocked by a couple of linemen so I couldn't really see what happened as far as that. I saw that there was space between Jack Jones and, and uh, Nikhil Harry and when the ball was being released and it was like, oh, that, that's going for a big play. And luckily for USC, uh, kind of similar to the Stephen Mitchell Darnold play last week. Of course, you know Arizona State does complete this one, but last week USC couldn't get the ball far enough out, and Stephen Mitchell couldn't make the adjustment to come make a catch, which would have been a real big play for USC potentially in that that Notre Dame game. Uh, this one, the ball's underthrown, um, so Jack's able to catch up, and you know he doesn't get the tackle there. But you know, just the fact that they didn't give up a, I think it would have been like a 95-yard touchdown. They, you know, they hold, you know, they give us the big play, but then they hold, force a field goal. So then it, it suddenly is a lot different when you score quickly and it becomes 14-3 versus 14-7. And you can start putting those those points up. And I always say, you're dealing with 18 to 22-year-olds. There's emotions that are going to be, you know, wildly will flow in a game, ebb and flow. Um, so... Once, you, if you can put a team down, a lot of times teams just kind of, you know, the momentum swings are really big in college football because you're dealing with 18 to 22 year olds. So 
if USC, you know, the fact that they answered immediately in the second half, I thought that was the one of the biggest parts of the game because, you know, ASU had all the momentum after the, the weird Hail Mary and then driving down immediately and like, oh, it's a two-score game. we got a ball game here. USC kind of shuts that up real quick, uh, you know, with the Ronald Jones long run and the Michael Pittman callback. Uh, you know, they get a couple touchdowns really quick there, and it's like this ball game's over. So how do you square – the team that we saw today with what we saw last week and really for a lot of the season since, I don't know, Stanford uh, week two. How do you, like, the team, and and Arizona State isn't the best team in the world. I think they have a lot of flaws. Offensively, they couldn't really get a lot going, and they don't have a ton of weapons outside of Harry. Uh, Wilkins, is a, he's fine as a quarterback, but uh, they don't really have much of a running game. And they have like one nice receiver. Uh, defensively, a nice pass rush. Um, but again, they're not like world beaters. But this is a team that was really hot and just beat two decent to very good teams in, in Utah on the road, who they stomped, and uh, Washington here at, at Arizona State was home. They limited them to what, six or seven points. It was 13 7. Um, so. How do you square a team that looks so bad against Notre Dame with a, a, a USC team that looks so good against uh, good? Maybe if they're not great, then a good Arizona State team. You know, I kind of wrote this after the game. My kind of final tweet for the the actual game is: it's crazy how good a healthy USC team can be when they play to their potential. Was it? Like, how, like, what percentage health do you think the difference is? I mean, the fact that you get Josh Fatu back in the middle, you get Port Augustine on the edge. I mean, Christian Rector has played really well, you know, especially pass rush situations. He did not play very good against uh, against Notre Dame. No, last he's, pre- he's pretty bad. Yeah, they kind of they attacked him a lot, especially early, and that kind of opened up the middle because they were able to attack the edges so well in that first quarter uh, that USC actually made some, you know, in-game adjustments. They, they put Jordan ISF out there to, to have a better athlete in the one-on-one situations against uh, Brandon Wimbo. Uh, this game, you know, they didn't have Christian Rector, but you get poor Augustine back. But I thought the biggest thing is, is Josh Fatu. I think last week, you know, if you have Josh Fatu in the middle instead of, you know, you have a 330-pound senior uh, versus a uh, true freshman that has played football for, what, three, four years that doesn't have a ton of football experience in, in Brandon Peely, then I think that makes a big difference because you're getting a lot of double teams up front. I mean, Rasheem Green got a ton of double teams last week that, you know, that – Maybe he doesn't get if Josh Fatu's in there to maybe occupy someone else. And then a lot of times the, that Notre Dame offensive line is really good. And to go against a unhealthy USC def- defensive line, I thought that was a big mismatch in the game, and Notre Dame obviously exploited it uh, very well. I think that was a, a kind of a difference. I don't think Arizona State's offensive line is no- anywhere near uh, what Notre Dame's is. And Notre Dame's a playoff. Like I think they're a playoff team. They're they're a good team. I mean – they still have to beat Miami and Stanford, which I think they're going to do. I think you we may have talked about this. And I don't think they. Know. I don't think they make it through that run. Yeah. Uh, but we'll see. It, it depends on Wimbush's development as a passer. I think because I think one of those teams will eventually take away the run. Josh Adams another two hundred yard running game. They he should be in the in the Heisman conversation. Yeah. He's been you know he's such a tough back to take down. You don't see backs like yeah. that that size. Yeah. So they're a good team. Uh, yeah. But USC thinks they're a good team, too, and they didn't look anywhere near Notre Dame's level. So, I mean, I, I think the the injuries on defense, I can see I mean, how they, that helps. They always, but They always say football is about matchups. 
in the NFL, you know, obviously that's why you're like, how did this team play? They have one win. How did they play with a team that's you know undefeated or whatever? Um, but in college, a lot of times, you know, there's there's so many more uh, variables to it. I believe because emotion one, like I talked about, uh, scheme is a big part of it, but not as huge a part as the NFL. But if there's a big difference, like there was last week, offense versus offensive line versus defensive line, I think you can exploit that over and over, and I think that's something Notre Dame did. You know, if USC's healthy, and it's similar to, to last year when they got beat up by Alabama, but at the end of the year, people were like, you know, I'd really like to see that rematch because I think it'd be a really good game now. Well, well, how does six months, does how, how does something change so much? One is the quarterback, obviously, but... You know the team was playing with a ton of confidence. You know they were, you know they were playing very well. So the scheme could have worked fine, uh, the same scheme. You know if they executed a little bit better. I know coaches always want to say, well, it's just execution. It's all, it's all about the execution. We just got to execute. Well, part of it is that. And but if you get them believing that they can play better than they can, which you can a lot with college kids, then they buy into it more and. You make it through that double team. You cause a little bit of havoc. The next guy can make a tackle, or you make it. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a very emotion-driven sport as well as scheme. And when you can exploit something like Notre Dame did, I think that's a big difference. Uh, whereas Arizona State didn't have the weapons to to exploit uh, any of the weaknesses that USC may have had. Yeah, I think if USC plays this well against Notre Dame, they still probably lose. I I, I think there were some holes defensively. They let up too many big plays. Um, especially on, on passing plays, uh, offensively, the offensively they they played they played very well, but they just got. I mean, it wasn't injuries on the offense that hurt them. It was just they were playing bad and they had a bad scheme, bad execution, bad everything. Um, Three turnovers so, in the first yeah, half. Yeah. One of them right inside the ten yard line. Yeah. So I mean that that also hurts. But um, you, you know I I think part of it is injuries. I just don't know. This is one game. I, I'm going to need to see them repeat this. But right now they're in the driver's seat for the Pac-12 South still, which is weird and kind of funny to think about. And I'll, pretty much all they need to do now is beat Arizona next week, which is tough with Khalil Tate. Ooh, speaking of Heisman Trophy candidates, like suddenly in four games made himself somewhat viable. Um, he's not going to win it. He's kind of like Darnold was last year. You never uh, know. But I mean, I mean, if they win the Pac-12, if they win the Pac-12, like it will be all because of Khalil Tate and. He could, you know, he could weasel his way into the. Uh, he already has more rushing yards than Saquon Barkley, I believe. Does he really? He does. That's uh, insane. I believe he started for four games. It's insane. I don't. Even, I think he started. I think this was his third start and came in one game. Oh. So. Oh, wow. So I mean, it's it's so crazy. I mean, in high school, uh, you know, USC was recruiting Wait, him. He came, the the his three hundred yard rushing game that he he came in. He was the backup. I believe so. That's nuts. I believe he came. I mean, I don't know what part of the game it yeah. could have been the second play. I'm not sure, but I believe he came off the bench for that one. Uh, in high school, covering him at, at Guardian Sara, I called him the high school Houdini because it would there would be two guys that look like he's about to be sacked. Somehow he just kind of twirls away and he take off and it'd be a 70 yard touchdown. Like wait, wait, what? What just happened? So I don't know if he's upgraded to you know the the college Copperfield or what exactly it is, but he, he's a magician back there. <laughs> I know you like corny jokes, so there's one for how, you. How long have you been waiting on that one? I tweeted it earlier. So. Oh, okay, there you go. <laughs> um, so the play that, I mean, USC had a lot of nice, long touchdown uh, passes and runs today, but the play that I'm going to remember is the Hail Mary that Arizona State had at halftime. So 2014, Arizona State wins on the jail, ma- jail Mary to, to – 
Is that how you pronounce it? Jalen. Yeah, to Jalen Strong. Uh, and uh, people, <laughs> when Arizona State lined up for, for a Hail Mary at halftime, people were already tweeting, like, oh, what could go wrong? And then you see everything went wrong. USC tried to bat down the ball. They did not bat down the ball. I think they were probably going for the interception. It was Jack Jones and Marvell Tell both going up for the ball. They're probably going for the interception. I don't know if that's the right I – mean, that might be the right move. I know people kind of like, just bat it down, but weird things happen when you bat it down. I think you should just catch the ball. That's my opinion. Just go for the interception, but catch it and don't, don't let it bat up in the air. Then Arizona State catches it. Uh, it's ruled uh, a reception, but down at the one. Teams run off the field. They're in the locker room for a healthy amount of time. Ten minutes, probably. Ten minutes, which is a lot of time. At the point, so the referees were still reviewing this for a long time. And at the point right before they made their announcement and their decision, they had to hold the band back from the field. There was a referee stationed with his hand out in front of the band saying, no, 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 wait, we still might have first half to play. They stopped the halftime performance. Just I had never seen teams in the locker room for that long, only to have them brought back out. I mean, if, if it's going to be reviewed, just keep them on the field. It was probably the right call. I think it was the right call. They, I, to me, it was. I'm convinced that he was in the end zone. I could see how you could make an argument that the camera angles didn't show it without any dispute, but I thought it was the right call. But I, how many people were even left on the sideline? I know Clay Helton stayed. Was, did anyone else? I was not on the sideline. I ran back. I was. It was great because yeah. I got extra time to you know upload some photos and stuff during halftime. Got some work done. It was tremendous. You know, I took a nap. You know, it was, it was just long halftime. Um, but you know, I think I saw a tweet that said that Todd Graham was trying to get his team off, and the ref was like, "No," or get him off, and he was like, "No." The ref told him to stay. Um, so I, maybe that's why Clay Helton was out there. The, the head coaches need to stay. Uh, they still had to do media uh, yeah. obligations afterwards, so they had to you know stay and talk anyways. Um, you know, all the photographers were in the in the photo room. Um, no, no one came in afterwards or whatever. Everyone was like, whatever. I'll, it's an extra point if anything. I you know I, there's a story from the jail Mary game. So it's a right-handed quarterback. You assume, as a photographer, it's going to go to the right side. It's going to, us- going to roll out that way. Usually you're going to roll out that way. You're going to throw to the right side. Uh, similar with the Ronald Jones, I got some great shots of him, you know, as he's running up the sideline to the, to the to his right, and then he cuts back, and I was like, well, there goes all the shots uh, that I'm going to get. Um, the J.L. Mary game, I was on the USC sideline and decided, all right, I'm going to sprint around to the other side of the ASU sideline. And similar to, to this, uh, USC was on the, the left. If you're, if you're Arizona State's offense, the left. Arizona State's uh, bench was on the right. I'm going to sprint over there for that. And I was so upset because Jalen Strong catches the ball going across the middle, so I just got all back. You know, you want to get a face and you want to get a ball. That's the, the ideal shot. Um, so I missed that one. So this game, I was like, I don't know. I was like, I'm going to go across again. And I thought that I missed it because I got Jack Jones back. But then after the tip, you know, Williams dives and catches it. So I got good shots of him diving right at the, at the goal line. I thought he was in on the play. However, I don't think there was anything to overturn. There were very bad camera angles. Yeah, they were bad camera angles. Why, why do you not have, I mean, ESPN has the pylon cam. The pylon cam in college. Well, ESPN uses it all the time when, when they want to. I'm sure it's expensive technology. Sure, those cameras can beat up. 
but apparently this game was not worthy of those because they've used them in college before. Um, and then it was just the, just the way, you know, they have the roving camera on the sideline. I guess they can only go to a certain distance, and I'm not sure, but it seemed like he should have, you know, the, the angle yeah, should have been farther down. all the way to the end zone. I'm not sure. I mean, it's a simple scissor lift. It, you should be able to go all the way. Uh, talking scissor lifts in the podcast. Yeah. It's, it's the first. As long as we're not talking scissor kicks, we're good. <laughs> so the the real controversy at halftime was that one the they do a very nice job here. The SID Doug, Doug Tamaro does a really nice job. He gets quotes out, uh, very professional. They, he does a great job. But the food, the pregame food for the media is, is atrocious. Uh, I don't know if did you have did you have the hamburger? I did have the hamburger. I skipped the hamburger. It looked horrible. It wasn't great. It was it was sustenance. Yeah, it, it was it, it was atrocious. Um, so we're all hoping that there's going to be some snacks at halftime, and lo and behold, they come back out for the extra point, and we go up and look and see if there are snacks. Maybe get a refill of water, and there are no snacks. And travesty. It's a travesty. It's it's a miscarriage of justice, is what it is. Because wow. what happened? What happened was they brought out a, an apparently very small amount of cookies. At the fake halftime. So all the people who were waiting, all the reporters who were waiting to see if it would get overturned. I had to file a story at halftime because it was an early deadline. It was a late game. And, of course, I missed the cookies, which is a, which is a travesty, miscarriage of justice, all of that. Are we, talk, are we talking like a, you know, you bake one sheet of cookies or are we talking like a Subway platter? I like don't know. <laughs> I don't know. All I know is that it was, it was a small enough amount that they were gone. By the time the real halftime rolled around, so end of the game again, no snacks, which is pretty standard. And a lot of some Notre Dame has pizza after the game, which is great. Uh, Stanford has beer after the game, which is great. But most places don't have snacks. So anyway, I'm writing my story after the game, trying to put in some quotes for online, and in strolls into the press box, shotgun, with two cookies. And, and, and where'd you get these cookies, Shotgun? I'm a cookie monster. What, what can I say? And where'd you get the cookies? As I was leaving, or as I was coming up the elevator, because I had to get all my stuff from the photo room, had some different stuff down on the field to do, come up, and as I'm walking out of the elevator, the, the kind of the discard food, you know, is leaving, the, the empty platters, empty, you know, bowls and stuff, and there's a platter of cookies, so I was like, oh, cookies, can I grab some? And they're like, yeah, whatever. And they like pulled the aluminum foil off, and I grabbed a couple. I didn't know that there had been a whole mm. mm-hmm. cookie. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> and did you cookie did you, conundrum up here? Did you share? Of course not. And what what did you, what did you do? Inform the people what you did. Whoa, whoa, whoa! So this dates back. What'd you do? I licked the cookie, and you know why? Is because earlier in the week I had a Reese's, and Zach decided to grab my Reese's and clutch it. You, how would you? How I wanted, do you clutch asked, a Reese's cup? I asked for the. I asked. I asked you to share, and you. you and didn't. I said no, and you decided to be a petulant little child and grab it and smush my Reese's. I wanted a Reese's, just like I wanted a cookie. And then it was all melty after your warm hands had been all over the wrapper and everything. Oh please! I was I was on it for like half a second. No, you clutched it. You you no, crushed it, was not it up. Clutched. It was not clutched. Yes. So obviously I licked the cookie just to keep you from. I know what you're capable of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So obviously I have to you keep had you two away cookies from you could have shared. Uh, Shotgun, thanks thanks for joining us. Even though you won't share your cookie, what's your, what's your Twitter handle so people can follow you? You can follow me at Shotgun SPR. SPR. Short for Spratling. But oh, okay. It, you know the whole name won't fit. It's too long. 
now maybe if they're you know extending Twitter handles as long with along with you know the character limit. I don't know. All right. Well, that has been Shotgun Spratling. I'm Zach Helfand with the L.A. Times. No phone calls today, but I will be back momentarily to break down the game a little bit more, and you'll hear from some of the players themselves afterwards, so stick around. Welcome back to the program. I'm Zach Helfand from the LA Times. So two players I I wanted you to hear from quickly uh, are are Chris Hawkins and Sam Darnold. Um, I know you hear from them a lot, but you got to hear from Sam because he's the quarterback, and Chris Hawkins is is the best quote on the team. He's a good talker, smart guy, uh, one of the captains. Um, So the important development this week was – if you are at practice, you know we're at practice every every day. Um, if you are at practice, you can you, you can see it, the players and the coaches were just really tense. Like we just mentioned, Jack and I had a really kind of tense, uh, testy exchange with Neil Calloway, uh, offensive line coach who stormed out of the interview. Actually, he just kind of ended it. Um, coaches were frustrated. Players were a little uptight and. Apparently, Chris Hawkins noticed this also, because on Thursday, he himself went to Clay Helton's office and just told Clay that he didn't think that the team was playing together. He didn't think they were having fun. Um, So they did some things to address that immediately on Thursday. And uh, Chris and, and some of the other players think that that was a reason why they came out so loose and played so well. So here's Chris. You said you guys had a talk with Elton. Was that captain, the whole team? What was that talk about? No, I did. Uh, was, did you just kind of go into his office? Or? Uh, yeah, I went, I went and met with him on Thursday. I basically told him that this team, God, we got to be tighter. We got to become a family again. You know, there was a lot of individuals doing what they do but you know I went up to him and told him basically we got to become a team again and I mean he, he's trying to bring back the fun around here so you know we just gonna keep it moving from going forward on Friday the Friday our Friday morning meeting he told he basically told everybody we got to get back to doing what we do you know and we you know we responded to it he's changing some things up and we went out to practice on Friday and had music while we warmed up y'all wasn't there to see it but we had music for the first time in about two years so he just loosened things back up. You know, we didn't want to, he don't want us to be too tight, you know, going into this stretch. You know, we know every game we got to win to get where we want to get to. And Sam Darnold echoed what Hawkins said and also talked about, you know, after all these games, we asked him questions about what, what went wrong and, and his turnovers and his mistakes. Uh, nobody had to ask him those questions today because he really didn't make too many mistakes. He had Probably his second best game of the season, uh, next to Stanford. When he, I think he only had five incompletions in that game. But this game, he was um, 19 of 35, 266 yards, three touchdowns, and also had his longest run of his career, uh, 39 yards. And he he would have had much better stats if they had uh, needed to pass at all in the second half, which they really didn't. They took him out in the fourth quarter for Matt Fink. So here's what Sam had to say about finally having a game where you didn't have to answer any of those questions. On Thursday, Coach Clay, he made it a point to just have fun. And coming from him, the guy who should be stressed out the most, uh, it's, it's something special. And I think it's really important as a team that we always remember why we play the game. 
student has so much this year. Uh, you know, every week it seems like we ask you, like, oh, what happened on this turnover or that week, whatever. You feel good that you can have a game where you don't have to answer anything about that? Yeah, no, it definitely feels good, but I don't, I don't care about answering questions about that. I really just get more, I, I get hard on myself, and I think um, when it's when I don't turn the ball over and when I don't make dumb mistakes, and um, I just I have more fun, and because it's more fun to be successful. Um, so, yeah, I think it's it's always nice when I don't make mistakes like that. All right, that'll do it for I guess what we'll call late night abbreviated USC overtime this week. The call you heard at the beginning of the show is Beth Moens, Anthony Becht, and Rocky Boyman for ESPN. If you like what you heard, give us a review on iTunes. It helps. I'll be doing a weekly mailbag every Friday, so remember to tweet your questions to at ZHelfand. You could also send me an email, zach.helfand at latimes.com. And remember, call into the hotline every week, but this week um, at 213 213- Three five seven zero nine eight four. We'll see you next week from the Coliseum, where USC will play Arizona. Thanks for listening. other travesty about Kalen Balazs gets one reception and no rushes like what what are you doing ASU put Kalen Kalen Balazs is a great name by the way and he scored what eight touchdowns against Texas Tech the man can do everything on the football field he must be hurt then I don't know because he's returning kicks and then you decide you want to give him the ball once they should feed him just like they should have fed me cookies just like you should have fed me cookies nope